You're listening to Swinging Down Under, a podcast about the swinging, non-monogamous lifestyle. From two crazy Australians with over four years of lifestyle antics to keep you entertained, informed, angry, happy and horny. Join our international swinging adventures. Alright guys, and g'day and welcome back. This is episode 200. G'day, you were Australianising this today. Yeah, actually, I, I say g'day most, uh, most times. Do you? Yeah. yeah just yep. noticed it. Did you? Yeah. So 200th episode today and you're just noticing now that I use g'day quite a lot. 200, eh? Yeah, 200. 200, wow. Mm. There we go. Congratulations, we'll I guess we're in order. you know it, we'll be at a gorilla. We'll be at a gorilla soon enough. Just yeah. another... Many, many years to go, like 25 yeah, years. Well, yeah, I mean, how many? How long did it take us to get to 200? Five. Five, Five years, mm-hmm. okay. So multiply that out, carry the two, mm-hmm. divide by the length of my penis. It's another 20, 23 decades to go. Is that about right? That's about right, yeah. Sounds, yeah. I mean, the math is sound. Sounds yeah, amazing. exactly. That's what I thought. That's also the calculation for converting Celsius to Fahrenheit, just <laughs> so you know. And <laughs> the metric to the imperial system. <laughs> Hey, so guys, today we're going to be talking about changing your swinger boundaries. I've wanted to talk about this for a couple of months, actually. We've put this off because we've had other things that we wanted to talk to you guys about, but it kind of all started when there was a thing going around on social media. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it was how it all started and where I am, like how it all started, how's how's it going, right? And I really started to think about when we first joined the lifestyle in 2015, how that is different to how we are in the lifestyle today in 2020. Wait, we're in the lifestyle today? Yeah, we are in the lifestyle today. Yeah, yeah. Didn't you notice the? No, I just I just thought there was heaps of dudes wanting to bang you. Oh, okay. No, Which that's is... that's actually it's a thing. Yeah, we're in the lifestyle. Oh, okay. So I did I did the little houses how's how it started and how's it going and I want to tell you on the left hand side this is kind of where we started off and Daryl add anything to this that you think we had on the list to begin with. One, so I had long-term committed couples, never on a first date, same room sex only, couples only, no anal, no one-night stands, nothing of ours, including cute pet names. Wow, yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty good sum up. I'm impressed. Where the fuck did you find that? I mean, some of that is... I just thought about it in my head, in, in my brain oh, area. In your brain hole? Yeah. How is the brain hole? Has it recovered it's from all that? It's, <laughs> it's not doing too I'm, I'm out for the year now. That's it. That's me done for 2020. Well, 2020, there's not a lot left. I, I, I think you might be over underestimating. But then I put how, how it's going. So that's all how it started. So those were examples of some of our boundaries when we first started in the lifestyle. And how it's going, I put now, and this is kind of my, my new mantra, I'm going to read this to you, Daryl. Let me know if you like it because over the years we've developed a lot and that's what we're going to talk about is how this has kind of all come about. But now in 2020, I've got never at the expense of the sexual or mental health of any person's person persons. Person persons. Yeah. Huh. So what do you think about that? I think it's actually a pretty good – it's a pretty good role. It's a pretty good role. I like it. Yeah. I mean, you stole it off someone though, right? No, I wrote that. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm. Now I'm impressed. Like, really impressed. Just now you're impressed. No, well, like, I mean, right now. They're like, well, yeah. Okay. Should I be impressed all of the time? I mean, I, I don't know that I can achieve that. I'm just saying 2020 has been shit, so I'll take, I'll take it where I can get. In fact, actually, I had a pap smear and an SDI um, panel a couple of days ago, and my GP was like, oh, that's a good-looking cervix. And I put that shit up on Twitter because I'm like, I'll take a compliment. It's 2020. I'll take a compliment where I can get one. And if she wants to give me a compliment on my cervix, then, then that's we it. We had a discussion it. about that. I think it would be inappropriate for a male, for a male gyno. 
to say that. I think it would be very inappropriate. What we decided was that she said it's a good-looking cervix. He would probably say uh, it's a healthy 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 looking cervix, yeah, because one has connotations of being a little bit sexual. Over the years, a lot of people talk about rules and boundaries, and rules being a little bit more concrete. They're things that stay with you for a longer period of time and may or may not change. And if they do change, they may require a decent amount of conversation to talk about it. And that could be things like condom usage, for example, safe sex always could be a rule of yours and then you might want to explore perhaps being fluid bonded with somebody and that's going to take a fair bit of conversation so rules are more concrete boundaries are a little bit shifting you know you can make the change of perhaps what a boundary might be and move it over to and remove it or remove it for just that night and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about is is how this all evolved because we didn't actually I don't think we did this intentionally these boundary changes Daryl in your mind like how it started with like couples only I remember having this conversation with you that oh they're just girlfriend and boyfriend even though at the time we weren't married but we were what I considered like a longer term couple and and I remember meeting somebody in a club I think in our secret spot they were only together for six months and I was like nah they're too they're too volatile like that's a that's a no-go like do you do you ever remember having conversations about this or how did we get to where we are today I don't really I mean I think that one I remember, the volatility of early early couples into the lifestyle. And I think we probably learnt that our situation was an unusual well not sorry, every situation is different in terms of how people get into the lifestyle. So, you know, people some people start from the very beginning. The, the beginning of their relationship, it's an open relationship. So we've learnt that along the way and learnt that there's different styles out there. But I don't know that we've spoken about a lot of this along the way. And if we have, it's, I, I don't remember a lot of it. Like I don't remember. It's, it's, some of it's quite small steps, you know. There's not, some of it's not big steps and some of it becomes quite logical. You know, I think the, a lot of people start with a no kissing, no kissing rule. And I think that, uh, that, very quickly becomes kind of hard to do. I know there's still people out there that have that, but for us certainly it was never on the cards because it's part of the fun. So the, I think to shorten it up, yeah, we've, we've had conversations along the way. I just don't think a lot of them were big steps. I think we just sort of took little bites at our, not principles, but our understanding. And as we understood more about us and about other people, we changed our our system of safety to meet the new expected norm. Baby, I'm so hot for you right now. Why is that? Because you just gave me a really good lead in. Okay, really? Yeah, like high five on that. No problem. I, I mean, I try to segue you in whenever I can. Well, it doesn't generally happen. Like, but no, but, I'm pretty shit at it. I didn't say that. I didn't say that I'm good no, at it. No, but I'm, I'm well impressed. Okay, so segue away. Oh, thank you. No, so you just said there that it wasn't necessarily something that we sat down and did. It wasn't a moment in time where we went, okay, we're now one year in, so therefore we're going to remove this. And hey, now we're two years in, and therefore we're going to remove that. These things happen, as you just said, as we become more aware of ourselves and our relationship and more aware of the lifestyle. And I think those are critical things. You know, when people talk about... And the people in it. And the people in it. When people talk about, you know, navigating some of these boundary changes or rule changes, when you first start out, I don't think it's necessarily like, no, you know, we had all these rules and we're so silly, we're so newbies. I don't think it's about that. I think it's just because it's new and it's different and you want to almost, you know, humans are just so programmed to want to have a level of safety net. And so when we put these things into practice, we're like, okay, if we have these stepwise processes or if we have these requirements, then we can't get hurt, you know, a less likelihood of getting hurt. And I think as you become more aware of everything you start to go okay we can handle that or that's not such a big deal for us or, you know and maybe your boundaries never do change but I just found it particularly interesting that our evolution in this was not 
something that we actually did. It was just something that happened over the years where we decided, okay, we're more comfortable communicating with each other now than we have been perhaps in the past. Yes, that, that's certainly part of it. I think we, we, we grew to be able to respect each other's, some of our, each other's decisions as well. There's, there's definitely part. Yeah, and it's not to say, obviously, because recently we shared on the podcast, or I shared on the podcast, a, a comment that I made that was unacceptable. And although that's not in the realm of boundaries, but it's an example of where murky waters can come along that you need to communicate through. And I don't think, I think some of these boundaries are the same things. I remember having a conversation with you, particularly about nothing of ours, including these cute pet names. And you call one of our partners by one of the the names that we frequently call each other. And it was happening over a period of a couple of days. And I had to say to you, like, you know, that's actually making me feel a bit funny. Whereas now you say it and it doesn't even, doesn't even matter to me anymore. You know what I mean? It's just a, it's just a thing. And we, I know we had the, the conversation at the time where I was feeling a bit funny, but since then we have not had a conversation to the effect of, okay, it's now okay. It's just kind of watered away. Yeah. But I think also in regard to that, I, th- I think that first couple of days that you referred to, and I do remember that conversation was, uh, look, I, I perhaps wasn't being as respectful of that word as I should have been knowing that it was something that was also, I mean, it wasn't near and dear to your heart. I, I don't think that was the case at all. I think you'd agree with that. It wasn't that it was the word that was any that was of any importance. It was just an association with that word. Mm. I think I have also tuned that tuned myself along the way. So that's another thing to keep in mind is that it's not all about the rules and boundaries. No, it's not not about the rules and boundaries that that you associate. In some cases, it's about saying, well, yeah, okay, I, I understand that that this is not a this is a, a no go for you, but I also understand that in some cases you don't really care about it, and and you sort of chip away is the wrong word, but you you're wrong on the wrong phrase, but you you kind of just get accustomed to some of the things and realise that when they're used in a in a general sentence with perhaps another couple or another individual, it doesn't really it's not used with the same. Uh, the same love behind it, I suppose. Yeah, the same level of attachment. Yeah. I, I think chip away is a decent analogy for that. I mean, you could use water washing away a bank as well. As as you find out more about yourself and more about your relationship and more about the lifestyle, then I think that some of these things can become less taboo or less concerning or chipped away or washed away or whatever. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And I'm not saying that it has to be that way. I'm not saying that, hey, here's now your swingers card because you've progressed in your year five and these things don't matter anymore. It's just that within your own relationship you start to realize what is important to you you start to get a better grasp on what are things that are going to shake some of the foundational items in your relationship and perhaps what some of the things that you just go ah, and it's not such a big deal anymore and having said that though I think there are couples out there who definitely would sit down and say okay are we ready to remove this particular thing from our lifestyle journey I absolutely think that there would be people out there it's just that in our circumstance it just kind of shocked me to realize that we have never actually discussed this it's just kind of happened yes that is absolutely on the money and we're not alone too so i actually did put this up on twitter and i asked a bunch of people the, uh, you know the the world of of the tweets the world of the tweet zone yes i i put this up and i said like here's ours what does yours look like has have you had a similar experience have you sat down and discussed these things or has it just kind of just naturally and organically progressed over the years into these things and one of them I want to read, well, actually I want to read quite a few of them, but one in particular kind of stood out to me, and this is Sonoma Pear, and I have their okay to use this on the podcast today, but they actually sent me a, a private message, 
And on their phone, in the notes section of their phone, they have their original list from years and years ago in the lifestyle. They actually still have it written down. So when they first got in the lifestyle, they wrote this list down and they still have it on their phone. And because of this conversation on Twitter, they went back to look at it and they said too, like, holy shit, we're shocked. They said they're now in the right-hand side of our example that I gave, which is never at the expense of anyone else. And so I want to read some of these things to you because it's just it just goes to show you kind of, again, when they first got in, their perception to now. So stay together. Squeeze hands means comfortable having fun. Do you remember that? Do you remember when we tried to do, I think we listened to a podcast and somebody said to us, this is when we first got in the lifestyle, a podcaster said, hey, you know, have like a little hand signals or whatever. Yes. Do you remember doing that at our yes. first date? And then having no idea whether it meant excited or not excited or angry or let's go or whatever it was really confusing yeah i don't think it was our first date but yes i remember us having some some signal but we never really i think both of us kind of forgot what the signal was (laughs) um okay let me see here Uh, i'm not feeling well i only need a break means abort and regroup Um, silence means everything's okay we're not going to try and read each other's minds that was an interesting one i actually think that's still pretty relevant for most people today because i think that's where you get pretty unstuck where, where you don't actually communicate and you just assume you know what the other person's thinking. Yeah. We've been a victim to that one. No uh, way. I know. Palm tickle for permission to escalate to the back room. So, so <laughs> far we've got squeeze squeeze hands if means comfortable, right? And then now we've got a palm tickle for permission to escalate to the back room. And that's what I'm saying. Like you and I would be shit at this. Um, I don't know. I don't feel like I should be grouped in with that being shit at this. Honey, we're married now. We are grouped in. <laughs> yeah, but I think for I could. Better, I think for I, worse I, I, and for lacking of memory. No, I totally agree. But I, could, I reckon I could remember this. I feel like halfway through you'd, you'd misinterpret one of the signals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we're apart for a dance or two, we need to get back together, check in and make eye contact. It's each of our responsibility not to do anything that we don't want to do. That's pretty fair and reasonable. I like that one. Yeah. Pretty much any non-sexual contact is okay in the front room. So they're also talking about a club there. Flirting is good with another couple. Got to stay close together in the back rooms. Condoms required for sex. Kissing's okay. No oral. And use middle names. No personally identifiable information should be exchanged without mutual prior agreement. Wow. Okay. So interesting. So they had all of these and then now they're at the same kind of level as we, we well not level, but now they're, they're of the same sort of uh, understanding or journey as, as we are. So I thought that was really interesting. And, mm. I, and I sent a follow-up question. I said, did you guys sit down and go through these and say, okay, that's not, we don't want to have that in our boundary list anymore or we're okay to remove that or that one stays. And they were like, no, it just happened organically. So same thing as us. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool, isn't it? The, the, the rules that they have there are quite interesting. I like them. Yeah, some of them I, I think are, are pretty relevant. And some of them too I think we probably could have discussed ourselves because I, I, I think that the, what was it here, it's each of our responsibility not to do anything we don't want to do. And I think that still reigns true now. If you don't use your voice, if you don't communicate well, how can I blame you realistically for doing something that I think is out of my own bounds? I think that's really important because actually early on, that did happen. Mm, yeah, I mean, you 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 made the you made a mis- you made a mistake, honestly, and 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 that really, yeah, that, that that actually became my problem as well. I remember that, but I mean, look, this is again some of the things that you learn along the way. Yeah. Okay, now I want to take a moment and I want to read some of these other ones out to you, Daryl, that I thought were really interesting responses and, and feel free to, to comment, you know, as, as you do. Okay, this is from Tinker Taylor, Western Australia. We tried with a few boundaries on the left that referring to obviously my picture that I put up, but found setting them only inhibited the natural flow of a situation. We know each other well and have spoken 
openly about what turns us on or off and we have had fun along the way. We have made sure we talk about the situation after to make sure we're both okay. How do you think about that? Yeah, I think... Setting, setting them has inhibited the natural flow of the situation. Well, I think that's kind of where we got to as well. Now, don't re- we don't have rules, strict rules or, or even strict boundaries I think we just deal with them as they come up. If somebody were to ask certain things or, you know, if, a, if the partner group that we're with, whoever that is, has some has some things they want to do and we're not, you know, that was something that perhaps we thought we aren't okay with, we discussed and figured them out mm. on the spot generally. Yeah. I think that's a, that's an interesting thing for us is that we, we now discuss them on the spot. Rather than letting them simmer yeah. later. Yeah, only we only let things simmer for later when we want a good episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next one is from Night and Days. Uh, we are a long way from the rules and boundaries we set out from the beginning in the lifestyle. We find that our core values have never changed, and the boundaries we started out with have become more fluid and changeable with the environment and the mood of each other. I think it's I think it's really interesting. Certainly. Mostly the mood bit, you know, the mood of the individuals or the, or the feeling of the individuals, that's, that is really important because there are nights still now that we go out and we realise that one of us is just not feeling it, mm. you know, or the other way around. You've got somebody who's, who's really feeling it and kind of wants to move a lot faster than the other. I think the mood thing too, I'll, I'll give you another example because this happens, I would say this happens a, a fair bit, that sometimes we'll go to an event or we'll go to a party or whatever, we'll go to Desire and we will automatically sometimes I think just like start our own conversations with people and tend to move away from each other. And I think that's just because we're, we're chatty and we're just excited to be in that environment and it just kind of happens and then later we'll come back together. And sometimes my mood is very much, look, we have to spend some quality time together today or at this event or whatever it is. Like we can't just walk into the event and then separate. Yes. And and I think that, that that's something that really stands out to me in terms of my mood is whether or not I am okay to kind of spend the time apart and just, you know, chatting with other people or sometimes I'll be like, you know, let's actually work the room as a couple. Yeah, um, for sure. And that's that really comes down to how, how we are feeling at that point. It, it is definitely a thing. Okay, so Sex on the Fringe has said, yes, boundaries have changed. We're always kind of in a state of refinement or maybe we've really never landed on exactly what our boundaries are. Alas, there aren't opportunities to test things out these days. Yeah, good point. A state of refinement I thought was interesting because you're growing, you're changing. Yes. I suppose for any relationship you should be kind of aiming for perfection, right, no matter what it is. And, and I mean that jokingly in some ways because perfection by definition is unattainable. So the idea is that you aim for something that is is perfection in the hope that you might achieve just greatness i suppose in your relationship and that includes things like uh, things like our you know any event i suppose any event you go to or any interaction with another couple it's being able to deal with deal with and be happy with exactly what what is there and yeah it's just continuing to tweak your relationship and tweak your understanding of each other i mean you, you we learn new things about each other every day. Even though we've been together for quite a long time now, we still do learn new things about each other every day. Yeah, recently I admitted to something to you that I was quite embarrassed about, which you gave me shit about for about a month, by the way. Oh, yeah? Just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is that the fact that you just learned that a wolverine is actually a thing today? Yeah. Like as an animal? Sidebar, guys. I was I was this many this many years old when I when I realised that a wolverine was actually a real animal and not just a fictional character. <laughs> <laughs> Which judge uh, away. I was 
I have to say, very, very surprised by, given you've watched all of the Wolverine movies with me, and in one of them, they actually describe the animal. Oh, do they? Yes. Clearly wasn't paying attention. No. Okay, B and A couple said, we would say things just organically happened over time. Finding um, ongoing friends allowed us to just let things happen naturally, as they do when we hung out together. So that's true as well. Like, your boundaries and some of these things that you place in the lifestyle or your journey can change with relationships, and not every relationship. You know, you might have a relationship with another couple that's completely different to the next. And with that other couple, you have maybe less boundaries or less concerns over or there is maybe some, you know, public displays of affection or holding hands on the street, whereas you wouldn't do it with that other couple. You know, I think that's really important too. I think there's relationship things that we've – certainly relationships with other people that when we first started we that we have now – sorry, relationships we have now. When we first started, I feel like we – we would have considered some of those to be outside of the realm of, you know, ethical non-monogamy moving into perhaps polyamory. Mm, well, actually, and years ago we spoke on the podcast how the word love, how can you use the word love? And and I remember at the time we I battled with it. I was like, hold on a second, you don't love these people. But, I mean, you love your friends, you know. And, and now I often say to our good friends, I'll say I love you guys. I think And, that, and, I, and I mean it. You know, yeah. I do literally, I love them. But it's a different love to what I have with you. Well, I think that's just about the understanding, which I, th- I think came from the ethical slut, right? There, there's a there's a discussion in there around, which is a, for those of you who maybe haven't heard of it, it's a, it's a really good book that is a, a very interesting read for people who exist in the fringe lifestyle that we all exist in. There's a, a line in there, or you know, a couple of paragraphs that talks about the fact that you can have love for your parents, you can have love for your you know, for your partner, you can have love for your dog. That doesn't mean it's all the same. So there is, there's no shortage of love. Yeah. Now, the next one I really like, and I wanted to include this, uh, this is from Cat in the Hat, and they said, in our early days, we investigated swinging, but we found it was not for us. A few boundaries were sexual, and we have relaxed. We're now more open poly-ish. We find them more related to relationship security and who we may date or be seen with. So... I thought that was interesting. So they're actually saying it in the sense of like we a boundary for us or a rule for us was going to be getting in the swinging lifestyle and now we decided it's not for us and so we've backed out. That's really important and I really appreciated that. Yes, that's important and interesting for sure. Okay, last one from the Twitter responses was AKATX and they said our shift over the past year looks so much like this chart. As we've grown in security with each other and have been able to communicate what we each desire, we are down to only do no harm. We will guard our relationship and others at all costs. Everything else, negotiable. Cool. And this is, I think, you know, a lot of a lot of the time you'll listen to somebody and they'll say, oh, you know, we're ethically non-monogamous or, uh, you know, we're consensually non-monogamous or we're in the swinging lifestyle or we're swingers or, you know, we're in the lifestyle. And over the years, a lot of people have said to us, well, what the fuck does ethically non-monogamous mean? And that sums it up perfectly. The do no harm, where we'll guard our relationship and others at all costs, everything else is negotiable. That's the ethical side of being non-monogamous, protecting yourselves, protecting other people, not wanting to impact them in any way negatively, whether that be their health or their relationship, and then having fun. I think that's just a perfect sum up. Yes, I, I would agree with that. I think it's a really good definition. Now, I also want to read one we received from Honeyspoon. Now, you guys have probably heard us talk about Honeyspoon. Honeyspoon had been on the podcast one time when we did a live podcast, and they wrote a guest blog for us on exploring a threesome. So go check that out on our website as well. I really want to take the time to read this because I think it is absolutely brilliant. How it started a year ago. 
Soft swap only, always same room, no single males, single females welcome, but mainly couples, never on a first date. Four-way connection must be established before we meet. Bi, curious bisexual females are preferred. Not a down-to-fuck couple. We prefer pants-on, pants-off friendships. That was where it started a year ago. How it's evolved. We stopped establishing rules and focused more on principles while considering each other's individual fantasies and needs, which is amazing. We'll come back to that. Yep. We've since shifted to a situational full swap. Same room preferred, but willing to push those boundaries with trusted couples. We had an MFM and would like to explore that more with respectable males. We enjoy threesomes with the right females, but don't enjoy the drama that comes along with the wrong ones. Four-way connection remains a priority, but more willing to meet people in lifestyle, even if it doesn't mean play. Mr. has played a part from her. Mr. willing to allow Mrs. to explore her bisexuality with women without him. Still not a down-to-fuck couple and never thought we would love orgies so much. I got, two more, I got a couple more paragraphs, but I want to come back to some of these really good points. One of the biggest surprising factors of our lifestyle evolution was our decision to play a part. Mr. Honeyspoon was invited by mutual friends to participate in a gangbang for his wife. We pushed our boundary on this because we trusted and respected the couple and wanted also to help them fulfill her fantasy. In addition, Mrs. wanted to push her own boundary to see how she would feel. Prior to the lifestyle, she was extremely jealous, but all of that went away when we entered the lifestyle because we are now communicating and sharing on a whole nother level. She wanted to test her boundaries to see if those feelings would reemerge. All she felt was excitement and was turned on by the stories, pictures, and videos after. That's from Honeyspoon. Cool. There's so many things to pull apart in there that I just loved. And one of them I thought is really, really important is the evolution in their own relationship to help fulfill their own fantasies and desires, but to help actually fulfill fantasies and desires for their lifestyle friends. I thought that was a really key piece of information in there. Yes, I think it is as well. I think, again, that kind of fits in rather than the do no harm, it's kind of actually add, right? Yeah. Yeah. So rather than, yeah, rather than a a negative, you're actually wanting to boost the people around you up and try to help them. Yeah, add to people's lives rather than taking away, which, or or even keeping neutral, which I think, I think uh, most good humans actually fit into that bracket where they want to leave a place, a job, a, a, you know, a relationship better than they found it. To think about how, if somebody said to you, Daryl, how would you recommend we perhaps change our boundaries? What would you say to them? Oh, I would say that that's a that's a negotiation that's really part of your own relationship, and you know you should you should take the time to um, to discuss things along the way in a way that makes you feel comfortable. I don't think I could offer much more advice than that. Yeah, I think what I would look to is maybe how do you negotiate other things in your general life? So, for example, the spending of of money, you know, the spending of incidental money, where you go to holidays, and I know these things sound super mundane, but if you super lo- mundane. So bored right now. (laughs) If you look to how you communicate and how you negotiate on those things, I think that'll give you a key indicator to how this happens and whether or not, you know, you do need to sit down and have an actual conversation about it or whether you are able to perhaps push some of the boundaries of that other individual as things move along. I think that once you understand a little bit about how your partner does that, I think that's really key to how you would change your own boundaries. Mm-hmm. And an example of that is that I remember many, many years ago, um, that couple next door 
we had a conversation about how it, it, it felt like Jay was pushing a lot of Kay's boundaries. But we know Kay and Jay and we know the fact that she needs that and likes that and comes out the other side of it appreciative. And so on the surface, you might look at their relationship and go, God damn it, just let it happen. But in actual fact, it's a really healthy thing for their relationship and they know each other. And I think that same similar idea can be used well, this, how do you negotiate those other things in life and use that footprint for, for shifting this? What do you think about that? Yes, I, I can't uh, can't offer much more than yes. I, I, it is down to each individual and, and it, individual couple, I should say, individual and couple to understand exactly what what their relationship needs to move forward or if it if they want to move forward you know it may not be a a requirement or a need to actually do that so i think it's really important that you spend the time understanding and and i mean the time along the way understanding exactly what you require as an individual and you have to i think that's the biggest chew for me you have to chew on that understand what do you want as an individual and hence what is now okay as a couple Yeah. And I mean, the other thing too, is that obviously if you do decide to try and push a boundary, that doesn't mean you have to stay in that state for eternity. Like that's not, that doesn't become your new state of affairs. It's not a scorecard. No, it's, you can try something new, decide it's not for you and go back to something different or your original position. It doesn't need to be like, oh, well now we've opened the floodgates to doing anal and so therefore anal's on the table all the time. That's just not, (laughs) you know, you can move and shift and adapt. Mm -hmm. Yes, I Agree. What I will say, though, if you're talking about shifting boundaries with another couple, so maybe there's now four people involved, that you don't, I don't think you know those other people well enough to maybe necessarily let it happen fluidly. It, it may, but I think that's where conversations could actually happen. And it doesn't need to be, uh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, or it doesn't need to be like this almost contractual discussion. I think it can be quite sexy in that you're sharing your fantasies and desires, just like in the Honeyspoon example they gave us. You know, they had friends who shared their fantasies and desires and then they discussed it and were able to participate in that not only helping their fantasies and desires and changing that dynamic and those boundaries but even with their own relationship being able to do that internally so i think if you're going to have those four-way kind of boundary conversations i think they can be quite sexy and a little bit fun to talk about your fantasies and your interests and desires agreed all right anything else that you want to cover about changing your swinging boundaries well i think one of the things i i spoke about in a previous podcast is that there is no requirement for you to change your boundaries like don't uh, one of the things i see happen in the in the lifestyle is that people see this progression where they kind of feel like they have to get to whatever the top end is or the most boundary boundary pushed scenario and i, I don't think that that's something that people should be doing i don't think there's a tick box you don't have to live all of the things in life to be you know to be happy when you look back on it you know you don't have to do every single thing in the lifestyle to be happy with how the lifestyle is progressing you, know, you don't need to be doing anal you don't need to be doing separate rooms you don't need to be doing full swap you know there's, there's couples out there who are really happy and and um, excited to do to do this once a year you know they have a date that they or a a holiday or whatever that they they get involved in ethical non-monogamy and the rest of their life they're they're not and that's how they that's how they work as a couple so i think the the few thoughts that i'd leave with is don't feel you have to progress that's thought one the second one is don't judge anyone else for where they are Mm. because they their journey is totally different to yours and one of the things we learned very early on is that you know, sometimes we were judging couples who, like you said, to start the podcast, really six months in, 
you know, they can't be settled. They can't be a solid relationship. So we won't play with them. Don't judge them for that. They may actually be a good solid couple who have just managed to find the right person and are uh, more than happy to be involved in the lifestyle. So, you know, just be uh, be open to what is out there. And Each couple has a different relationship. Mm. And I think individually the other thing that I would do want to leave everybody with as well is think about your own your own fantasies desires but also your own boundaries think about these because then when you if and when you do want to have a conversation or you notice something changing then you're already going to be on the front foot i think if you don't allow yourself the space and the time to actually sit down and consider some of these things then maybe by the time you get to this happening or something changes or your partner wants to have a conversation or another couple wants to have a conversation with you you're probably a bit you might be a bit taken aback so That'd be something I'd like to leave people with as well. Just uh, give yourself the space to think about it because then also you're thinking about your fantasies and desires. So the next time that you go to an event or meet with a couple, you can talk about that and maybe table something, whether it is anal play or whatever that looks like for you guys because they may or may not be into it. Yes. All right, so that has been the boundary shifting (laughs) episode, guys. Uh, I do have something to leave you with, a little song about the 12 days that uh, pandemic has given to me. So we'll be back in a second and I'm going to sing you a random song yay all right guys welcome back so i found this on social media this was not mine it did not start with something that i created i mean it sounds amazing and i would like to take uh to I mean, credit it sounds amazing you like taking credit for your own voice there just like no, 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 no. my voice is amazing i'm talking I'm about so amazing I'm, <laughs> best ever i'm talking about the actual numbers here and and the what pandemic's given to me in 2020 so i put this on social media because they left out number one and i asked everybody what do you think number one should be and there were a bunch of really really great responses but i'm going to use one response in particular which is for the love of sex on twitter so this is their number one and uh let's uh let's get cracking and see if i can actually keep up with the beat and not make a fool of myself i don't know daryl what do you reckon i i'm interested to to hear okay all right let's crack let's crack on crack on 12 days of 2020 pandemic gave to me 12 cancelled plans 11 face masks 10 sanitizers 9 zoom calls 8 murder hornet 7 mental breakdown 6 feet apart 5 curbside pickups damn it <laughs> 4 quarantines 3 travel restrictions 2 Karen's complaining and 1 roll damn it of toilet paper left <laughs> Well, um, I feel like maybe you should practice this to have a schedule. <laughs> I did actually. <laughs> what was what, so? What was the last one? And one roll of toilet paper left. Gotcha. Yeah. So that was the twelve days of twenty twenty pandemic gave to me, and it was twelve cancelled plans, eleven face masks, ten hand sanitizers, nine Zoom calls, eight murder hornets, seven you mental didn't really breakdowns. Sing most of this. You just kind of spoke it. I tried to go back in there and get it. Get it singing. Oh man, what? I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> okay, keep going. You six, got to six feet apart, five curbside pickups, four quarantines, three travel restrictions, two Karens complaining, and the last roll of toilet paper left. Nice. There you go. That's the twelve days of twenty twenty pandemic gave to me. I think they went a bit light on the seven mental breakdowns, if I'm quite honest. I think I might move that up the list and maybe put like hand sanitizers down below. So like. 
12 mental breakdowns. I say like, you know, 10 mental breakdowns and seven hand sanitizers. I might shift that around a little bit. Okay, noted. We do joke that uh, I know it's been a tough year for a lot of people and the holidays are coming up, so Christmas is pretty well upon us here. So we are available if you guys want to reach out to us on social media. If you're lonely, you want to have a chat, our DMs are open. I say that because... Just even sending a message, we will respond and just say hello to you guys. So feel free to do that. Check, check. But otherwise, guys, this has been episode number 200. Thank you for sticking with us through the years. Thank you for sticking with us through 200 episodes of Kate and Dale rambling. It has been amazing. Mostly Kate rambling. Mostly me rambling. Yeah, I think I'm always, you know, on task and on point. You are always on task and on point. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never ramble. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's been Changing Swinging Boundaries. We hope that you guys got something out of that. Please do feel free to email us, write to us, or leave us a voicemail on our website if you've got a story of your own that you want to share. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. But otherwise, happy Christmas, everybody, and we will be back soon with a giant announcement. I agree. Enjoy celebrating all of which you choose to celebrate over this break. And if you're having a break, enjoy it. If you're not, well, you know. Life's bad for you. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want a decent mulled wine recipe, feel free to uh, go to Sex on the Fringe on Twitter and uh, harass Shane and Aaron for their mulled wine recipe. I know I will be. Cool. All All right, right. guys. Thanks very much. We'll see you later. Thank you all. Bye. If you're looking for more ways to interact with Swinging Down Under, you can catch us on Twitter at Swing Down Under. You can also catch us on Instagram, Swinging Down Under or head over to our website, swingingdownunder.com. We would absolutely love to hear from you. So if you would like to send us an email, jump online, do it at cnd at swingingdownunder.com. If you've got podcast topics, questions, you want to talk about your journey, you can also support the podcast through our website by clicking through on any of the affiliate links or alternatively to jumping over to patreon.com forward slash swingingdownunder and sponsoring the podcast. If you can't do any of those things, but just want to make a feel good day, leave us a five-star review. Cheers, everyone. And thank you again for supporting Swinging Down Under podcast.